0: This program is powered by TASCAM. Taskam's mini studio creator, US42,
1: is your new personal production and online broadcast studio featuring a professional quality audio interface and a number of unique real-time effects. The mini studio creator delivers everything you need for your podcast or webcast. Find out more at taskam.com. part of the Gibson family of brands.
0: Live from the sewers, this is the Turtle Power Podcast.
1: This is your audio source for all the news, reviews, and insight into the world of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. God, I love turtle! Now join your hosts, Brian,
0: yeah. Alex, And Garvey. Bossa Nova. What? Yeah. Bossa Nova. Chevy Nova. Excellent. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: (laughs) Now it's time for the Turtle Power podcast. Welcome everyone to another exciting episode of the Turtle Power Podcast. In addition to our normal news, reviews, and insight into the world of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we've also got some special guests, and uh, if you uh, heard from last episode, we hinted to it a little bit. This episode we have with us, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe, Issue 6, writer John Lees and artist Nick Patera. But first, let's get into the news.
2: The authorities won't talk to us But they might talk to a TV news reporter How do I look?
1: Uh,
0: great
2: General, April O'Neil, Channel 9 News Uh, Channel 6 News
0: So, what's with the get-up? You a news reporter? Ha, <laughs> in another lifetime, maybe This is April O'Neill, Channel 6 News April O'Neill, Channel 3 Eyewitness News This is April O'Neill, Channel 3 News
1: So the first random news bite we have is that the official TMNT Twitter feed is now at TMNT. Wow, (laughs) what a novel concept! Uh, Is uh, so that used to be TMNT Master, right? And so now it's transferred over to TMNT. And uh, an interesting thing actually happened uh, just recently, and I wasn't the only one to notice. There was a recent uh, poll that they put up, a a nice little uh, video that was basically asking which is your favorite animated version of Mikey and they had both the uh, uh, well what I would assume would be the classic 87 Mikey and the Nick Turtles Mikey but they also included the 2003 version of Mikey the uh, the much beloved 2003 series uh, version of Mikey in there and uh, that was definitely noticed by not only me but a lot of Turtle fans so I want to definitely send a shout out to to Nickelodeon for uh, for recognizing you know that that great version of the teenage mutant ninja turtles a lot of our listeners responded to the post as well with what their favorite version of mikey animated was so check out the responses over on our facebook and our twitter pages so with that let's get into video game news So, a bit of video game turtle news that didn't make just turtle news, but made video game news proper around uh, at least the U.S. Uh, is that, surprisingly, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows, and more importantly, the the more, I guess, uh, surprising one is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutants in Manhattan, have both been removed from online video game sellers. So this would be for digital copies obviously. Uh you know hard copies uh that are out there you can still purchase but uh yeah so uh this is apparently a Activision licensing uh issue and uh, th- that they basically are not re-renewing their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles license. And uh th- there, I think there's some Spider-Man games that they're doing the same with. So, uh, wow, with the news last Uh, Last episode of the movie franchise uh, basically stalling out, and now we have the video game franchise basically stalling out. What does that leave us with the future of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video games? You know, it's, it's really hard to say right now, because we don't know if Activision is going to go after the license again. Or if Activision is. It, I, there's rumors that Activision is actually getting out of the licensee business. So uh, this might be a situation where uh, Viacom and Nickelodeon might not have someone to pick up the license uh, because what they, what they're looking for is a quick nickel, right? They're, they're looking for a payday. Uh, they're not really worried about the, uh, the sales or the quality of the video game, they're, they're looking at that licensee fee right so if there's nobody to pick it up if there's nobody interested then do we get more ninja turtle video games uh you know what it might be a situation where we have to wait a little while and then someone comes along and realizes hey there's a uh there's an untapped market here of uh of ninja turtles and with the you know obviously This franchise has a long history of of, of video games and maybe a shorter history of of really good video games. But nonetheless, uh, there is so much untapped potential for the Turtles in the video game genre. So this might be a situation just like the movies where maybe this is good news in the long run. That we might have to wait a little while until we get something really good. I mean we saw this happen uh just recently with with the Spider-Man franchise that they did not want like the the owners which you know in this case Marvel Studios uh did not want their franchise being um screwed around with <laughs> uh you know you know where where people are coming in and 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 not creating that top quality product that it deserves so they they basically took it back and said all right we're going to give this to somebody who can really do something good with it and we're going to give them the time to make a really good game and that's what's going to be coming out on on uh, the Sony platform here i think ne- i don't know I think it's i think it's later this year i think it's later 2017 but so maybe it's the same thing with turtles that we have to just kind of wait a while and uh maybe we'll get something really good maybe uh you know one of these these uh higher level um publishing studios or developers uh gets gets their their hands on it and uh really makes the turtle game that we need and deserve so now let's get into tv news <laughs> So in a surprising move, Nickelodeon's actually already aired the completion of Nick Turtle Season 4 in South Korea. Yeah, actually back in December, so no spoilers here, but uh, here is a release schedule for the the rest of the episodes of Season 4 in the U.S. Episode 23 is going to be coming out February 5th, and then the next three episodes after that 24, 25, 26 are going to come out in uh, every week after that. And uh, I'll, let's let's get into the names. I don't think these are too spoilery. All right. 23, Toka vs. The World. 24, The Tale of Tiger Claw. Now, I think that's probably the one that we've seen that animatic for a while back. 25 is Requiem. And 26, O.R., awari mm, awari <laughs> there's an i at the end awari uh not sure uh why it has taken over a year to finish this season um because i believe this started october 2015 in the u.s uh but yeah over a year to finish the season but i'm just i'm glad it's coming back uh as we're recording this it's just a uh, a couple weeks away um and uh yeah definitely definitely looking forward to checking out these episodes. I know, uh, Brandon, Amon, and Ciro and and Yelly have been really uh, pumping up their uh, the episodes online, so uh, really looking forward to checking these episodes out. To uh, finish off this great uh, this this season's been fantastic, so it's it's, it's been so hard <laughs> waiting for these great episodes. And I should uh, mention here that uh, Luis Alan Rizzo, a uh, longtime listener, uh, sent us a link to TV shows on DVD dot uh, com and a, another new release of the Nick Turtles on DVD, still not Blu-ray, uh, but this is a two-disc set that will cost uh, suggested retail price of sixteen dollars ninety-nine cents, and this is going to be um, basically Super Shredder, right? So this is uh, uh, kind of the, the yeah the season four, <laughs> uh, and this is scheduled for a March twenty-first release. All right, so with that let's get into collecting news From Playmates. so there hasn't been a lot of proper collecting news since the last episode uh, i you know i I've been uh, checking out the stores lately and uh, I gotta tell you the TMNT sections have not been too well stocked lately uh, now I don't know if this is just because uh, left over from the holidays, and they just have not been able to restock yet. But uh, it's it's not looking good. <laughs> I mean, when I went to Target, they, they had basically nothing. I uh, went to Walmart. They had a bit more. Uh, I went looking for the, uh, the wrestling action figures, and I could only find one available. Uh, it was the Mikey, uh, who was dressed up as Macho Man. Uh, but we do have some news on that front that uh, there is actually going to be a second line of uh, of the WWE crossover figures. Uh, this one is going to have a Raphael as The Rock, uh, Leo as Finn Balor, as the Demon Finn Balor. That's one, that one's really cool because he's you know, so new to the main roster. Um, there's going to be a Donatello as the Ultimate Warrior <laughs> and a Michelangelo as Rowdy Roddy Piper. I will say that uh, these Mega Blocks, <laughs> these things are uh, really gaining steam. You know, of course, I, I, I talked about uh, talked about uh, the the black and white RAF uh, Mega Blocks little set a while back, but uh, I really think these are really starting to pick up steam with collectors, with uh, with fans because they're seeing that the the uh, the creators there are really stepping up their game. That they know this franchise really well. So, uh, so check those out. If you can, if you can find those in stores, um, the other bit of collecting news, it's not really news, but I, I did some research. Okay. So this is all, this is, this research stemmed from a, a tweet we got from the sewer den. And, uh, he says, uh, movie novelization. Sheesh. Like there, he, <laughs> like there was even a script and he tweeted out a picture of a novelization from TMNT Out of the Shadows. Now, um, I didn't even realize that they made a novelization of this film. Um, uh, he didn't have any other novels uh, in his collection. So, because that was kind of my next question. I was like, D- are there other novels for others? So, this, this got me going, right? So, I did a bit of a, a bit of digging. And I have, uh, found what I think are every Ninja Turtles novel that has been made, okay? Going into this, I didn't know there was a single novel, (laughs) because, you know, I always compare to, you know, like the Star Wars franchise, where there's so many novels, whereas Turtles was kind of always known for not having novels, so. Uh, now, granted, several of these are novelizations, and, uh... You know what, let's just get into it. Alright, first one, uh, This I guess the first set, is from the 1990 movies. Alright, and these are all novelizations. So, there was a novelization for the first three Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. They were all written by B.B. B. Hiller. And uh, they were re- released uh, basically in, in conjunction with the films. Um, they are anywhere from a hundred ish pages to, um, yeah, right around a hundred pages, I guess. Uh, now the, the third one, I actually don't know the pages, how many <laughs> I couldn't find that information out, but, uh, I assume it's in the same, uh, in the same range there. All of these, uh, are available on Amazon as used copies. So we'll have links to all this stuff in the show notes as well. So if you want to, you want to grab yourself a copy, uh, very cheap, these ones, you know, starting at a, a one cent, <laughs> So uh, they're 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 out there and available. So the next set that I could find is for the animated two thousand three uh, animated series, right? So uh, I had no idea they made novels for these. Now I, I think that again these are perhaps novelizations, but uh, let, let's see. So the first one here is called Shadows Over Chinatown. It was uh all of these are paperback, I believe, uh, every single one um this came out in january 2005 128 pages uh used copies are available on amazon uh starting at ascent uh this is by steve murphy published by simon spotlight uh let's see it says the turtles agree to watch over an old man in his store but while on duty they discover something lurking in the store which is evil and dangerous (laughs) wow uh what a what a what a plot Um, So uh, that's Novel 1. It actually says Novel 1 on on the bottom right corner, and it has Raphael on the front. Uh, Next one is Novel 2, and this is City at War. So this is definitely a novelization. And uh, 128 pages came out later in 2005, May of 2005. Um, Again, used copies available. Uh, This was written by Michael Tiedelbaum. I hope that's how you pronounce it. Uh, and uh, again uh, very easily accessible I did order a copy of this so uh, it arrived, it is it is old but uh, it is uh, I'm looking forward to, to checking it out um, it, it, it looks fun it looks like it uh, might be a good read there's a third novel called The Littlest Ninja now this one came out in 2006 sometime but uh, it is not available on Amazon and I I could not find it um, I couldn't find it available anywhere, not on Amazon, eBay. It does have an Amazon listing though. So it, it leads me to believe that it was at one time available for purchase. This was, uh, same author, uh, Michael, uh, Tiedelbaum, And, uh, this one says Baxter builds dangerous combat fighting machines to wreck havoc on the foot and destroy foot facilities, risking their lives. The turtles save a young boy from the explosions includes an eight, page color insert. Fantastic. Now, supposedly there was supposed to be one additional novel for the uh, 2003 animated series, uh, which was going to be called The Return of Shredder. Uh, we've all heard that uh, title before. Um, again, supposed to be by Michael Teitelbaum, but uh, I think it got canceled because I can't find hardly any information about it. So the next novel that we have is a novelization for the TMNT movie from 2007. Uh, it is, it actually says adapted by Steve Murphy from the, uh, Kevin Monroe screenplay, uh, 128 pages, uh, used copies available for one cent. (laughs) Uh, and then we have a series of junior novels, uh, based on the Nick Turtles, actually. These are published by Random House Books for young readers, so um, these are specifically designed for younger readers. Not super young, but more junior. I'm, I'm guessing probably Harry Potter level. Um, so, Mutant Origin, which is a Michelangelo Raphael uh, that came out in 2012. 128 pages, available for $5 on Amazon. Uh, Mutant Origin, Leonardo Donatello, um, same idea, came out in uh, August of 2012, 128 pages, uh, also available on Amazon. Showdown with Shredder, a, uh, let's see, 2013, 128 pages, these are all 128 pages, so weird. $5, Amazon, and Mutant Mayhem, uh, same idea, 2014, uh, in January, uh, 5 dollars on Amazon, so a little bit more expensive. <laughs> Friend or Foe, this one's got Karai on the cover. And this came out in June of 2014, available for $6. Okay, we're getting more expensive now, I guess probably because they're newer. The Casey Chronicles, uh, January 2015, 128 pages, $6. And there's actually a what's called the Crime Fighter Collection, which collects uh, the Showdown with Shredder, Mutant Mayhem, and the Friend or Foe. Uh, that's a uh, so a combo. That one's $10, so you can save a little little cash. Mutants in Space. Uh, this is uh, tackling the Mutants in Space <laughs> season <laughs> from Nick Turtles. Uh, that came out in July 2015, 128 pages, $6. And The Rise of Tiger Claw. This one came out January 2016, 128 pages for $6. So, so I want to note uh, a few things. All these Nick Turtles novels uh, are available on Kindle as well uh, for a reduced price if you don't want to get a hard copy. And also, uh, don't confuse these with the series of Nick Turtles books published by IDW. Uh, they're, they're, there's uh, another set that looks very similar, uh, but uh, these long-form books are um, comic adaptations of the episodes. Um using screenshots from the episodes the the i d w ones i'm referring to now um they're they're all that 's why they're made by i d w because they're they're basically comic books, but they use screenshots from the episodes to basically go one for one turn the episode into a comic book so if you want a novelization uh make sure you grab these ones here next are the last two we have a The novelization of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 2014 film. Uh, This was also published by Random House Books for Young Readers. Um, September 2014, 128 pages, $10 on Amazon. Also available on Kindle. And lastly, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadow, deluxe deluxe novelization. That's funny. Um, (laughs) And I say deluxe because... Uh, Note, the book ends before the Technodrome fight. So, yeah. Um, That's pretty disappointing. So, next question is, do you know of any other TMNT novels? And do you have any of these TMNT novels? Uh, Let us know. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, email. You know how to get all of us. So, moving out of collecting news, we're heading into comics news. I strike two on my way
0: down. Donatello takes out a third with his staff. Already the pudgy ones are starting to panic. Raph loves this stuff. He's not alone. Why is he narrating it? Crazy? Hardcore crazy! I love these guys!
1: Ha! So, as far as new comic book releases, did want to mention Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one artisan edition hardcover from IDW. This is a reproduction of the very first issue from Mirage, uh, scanned directly from the original art, and it's going to be available May 10th, 2017. Uh, description reads. This book reproduces all the original art to the first issue of one of the most important comic book phenomenon of the last 35 years, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, scanned directly from the original art, mimicking the experience of the original hand-drawn page and also collecting all the layouts, also hand-drawn, by the creators of what has been called this generation's Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. That's... Okay. Okay. Rounding out the volume is an extensive gallery of other TMNT images, also scanned directly from the original art. Hardcover, black and white, $50, 144 pages. And uh, we've got a link to this in the show notes. Out now, IDW series issue 15 was released December 14th. Issue 66 is coming January 25th. Issue 67 coming February 15th. TMNT Universe... Number six, released January 18th, Uh, and we'll have more on that in here in just a few minutes. Issue seven is coming February 15th. IDW Adventures, uh, The Amazing Adventures is still on hiatus, but the Batman Animated and TMNT Adventures crossover number two was released December 14th. Issue three is coming January 25th. Issue four still planned for February 22nd. On the Mirage reprint front, Tales of the TMNT Volume 8 is still out now, uh, that it's been out for a while, and uh, Volume uh, 9, which collects the original Volume 2 Tales issues 26 through 30, has been delayed, uh, and is now scheduled for a July 11th release. And on the Archie front, the uh, TMNT Adventures Volume 13 paperback, which collects issues 55 through 57 is still scheduled for a May 9th release. And uh, once again note that the Archie Adventures went seventy-two issues, plus several special issues, seasonal, mighty mutanimals, April, etc. And now on to movie news. Yeah, 122, 122 and an eight. One twenty two and an eight.
3: Terrific.
1: Where the heck is one twenty two and an eight? You're standing on it, dude. Well, the only bit of new movie news, <laughs> uh, of course, coming out of last episode, is that the original TMNT movies, 1, 2, and 3, are available to stream for free on Vudu. Now, if you haven't tried Vudu, it's a online video streaming uh, platform um, like so many of the others. The difference with this one is that you can... Uh, purchase uh, or rent movies uh, individually uh, on a uh, movie-by-movie basis. Uh, So it's not like a monthly fee. It's a uh, movie-by-movie basis on renting. But there are some free ones, and included right now are the uh, 1990, uh, 91, and 93 films, available for rent for free on Vudu. Now, let's get on to your mutated messages.
0: Sounds weird when he says it. Sounds weird when you say it.
1: So musician and uh, noted TMNT fan, Jenkis actually reached out. And uh, uh, so it was actually pretty cool because I've actually seen uh, some of his uh, TMNT videos online before. So it was nice of uh, him to reach out if he's listening. Hey um and uh he also says that he has a, a T.M.N.T. out of the shadows uh edit that uh he's come up with uh where he cuts out a lot of uh kind of extra unnecessary um stuff so i'd uh, uh, be interested if we wanted to see it yeah yeah i would love to see it uh um send a send a link on over or whatever i'd love to uh check it out Uh, Claw 305 long time listener says, if someone else does a, oh, this is in response to, uh, last episode. If someone else does end up making a third movie, they should get the same actors who played the turtles. They were great. The problem. Oh yeah, I agree. I I mean, the, the actors I think did a very good job. Um, you know, they, they were working with the, uh, you know, with the, (laughs) the information that they had available to them. um. He also can, says, uh, the problem with Disney owning TMNT is that they would treat it like a kid's property. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that because they're not doing that with, with Star Wars or Marvel. Um, you know, they, they let them run independently. Um, Michael Carl Naughton McWilliams says, one of my favorite podcasts. Keep it up, guys. Thanks. We will. And, uh, in response to the, uh, 1990 film director commentary uh, video that we have posted on our YouTube page. Mostly Harmless Podcast says, Yes, I've been hunting for a Region 2 DVD uh, for years. i will half-assed. Uh, Thanks for this. Yes, because that was the uh, only way to access this commentary. So, uh, glad you enjoy it. Turtle Prime uh, says, You guys are still alive. Damn. Yes, we are still alive. Uh, Vegan Sarney says, Uh, Got the T M T movie uh, DVD on Christmas. Watched it on Monday. I enjoyed it overall, but there were things I would have definitely changed. Yes, us too. And uh, Luke at Breeders91 says, uh, picked up the uh, Casey Jones uh, from the Funko Specialty Series. It is too awesome. I agree. This is a fantastic Funko. Is that a thing? Fantastic Funkos? Well, it is now. Hey, everybody. Uh <laughs> that's their name uh at im 3851919 this is actually pretty cool they were they were tweeting us as they were trying to beat the original tmnt on nes on nintendo entertainment system and they were successful says i beat tmnt on nintendo i worked my entire life for this Uh, if you if you believe it you can achieve it and sent some screen uh, pics uh, from, the, uh, from the end of the game uh, yeah uh, I did not even know this happened at the end of the game so that's pretty sweet so with that let's go into our very 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 special interview
0: who the heck is that Wayne Gretzky on steroids
1: attack,
0: attack!
1: So uh, yeah, we we were just kind of joking. I uh, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna have a, a hard time being able to tell uh, who's who. So
3: <laughs> I may have to have Nick translate for me during the podcast. <laughs>
2: one sounds like a one sounds like a Scottish serial killer and uh, <laughs> normal.
1: <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, uh, we can get right into it, guys. Uh, so joining us on the Turtle Power Podcast. Is uh, uh, uh this was really actually really cool because uh, John actually reached out to us and uh and wanted to let us know that uh, they'd be interested to come on the show. So uh, joining us now are the writer and artist for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe issue six, just came out this week. John Lee's and Nick Petera. guys, welcome. Thanks, nice happy to be here. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, John, this is your first, uh, TMNT work, is that right?
3: Yes, it is my first foray into the world of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, and it was a blast, I had a real fun time doing it. Uh,
1: it, it, it was a fun episode, or, it, look at that episode, I'm talking about it like it's like it's an animated series, it felt like that, it felt like an issue, like an episode of, of, uh, an animated series, it was, it was, it was a really fun episode, and, uh, and Nick, uh, you do have a little bit of background with, uh, with the uh, comic series. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I've done a bunch of covers. I've probably done 10 to 15 covers or so uh, for the series. I've done a little bit of sequential work in the Bebop and Rocksteady series that came out last year. Um, yeah, and it's cool that you said it's like an episode because I think that's how I went in thinking about it with John was like if it was an episode of a, of a cartoon or something, like it was just a one and done Type thing, and it was all kind of like maybe didn't have to be completely caught up in the IDW universe um, just to to pick it up and read it. As long as you're a fan of Turtles, it's it's kind of all complete as a as a one shot story. So that's kind of cool that you picked up on that as well. I think yeah.
3: one of my favorite reviews that I read mentioned that they said that like reading it was kind of like the experience of picking up a bunch of like old teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures and playing with them, <laughs> which I thought was kind of a good idea.
1: Yeah, that's no, that's funny that you yeah. You mentioned that I, I've got some some stuff about that later on, but uh, you know the the you also did mention something too. This this issue has been getting a lot of really good press. I've been noticing it all around the web. A lot of different websites have uh, have uh, been talking about this issue. So uh, congratulations uh, are definitely in order. Uh, you guys both wrote the story together. I saw that in the in the credits, and um, yeah. uh, Felipe was your colorist. Is that right?
3: Yeah, the incredible Philippe Sobrero is Philippe. fantastic. Yes,
1: and uh, and we should also mention the uh, the backup story in the back, the Raphael story uh, by Brom Revel. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Uh, I guess uh, do you guys want to give a? Uh, I've got the description here um, uh, from you know the press release, but if you guys want to give a a, a spoiler free synopsis of of. Uh, of what the, we can expect in this issue if, if our listeners haven't read it already which they probably should have
3: <laughs> so maybe I'll... it may be best if you do this next they may be able to no, 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 do see.
2: better <laughs> i think i think it's better if, if john does it in that sexy scottish accent of his so <laughs> go ahead <John. laughs> elevate okay. that that uh that issue go ahead
3: okay so mikey is hanging out in the sewers um with his bros, and he goes for a pizza, and he meets this young cop, Maureen Lynn, who is on a search for our missing brother-in-law, a utility worker who's gone missing in the sewers. So he gets caught up in this search for this missing person, and he ends up encountering something he didn't expect, this monstrous flatworm creature called Worm. Uh,
1: Yeah yeah that I mean that 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 sums up the uh, the synopsis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah because you know it's true that I, I you know I really want to be spoiler free because this is a really good issue, and I, and I, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Um, this was This was your first collaboration together too, right? Yeah we, 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 we kicked our, me and
2: John have kicked around a few ideas before, uh, and I've read a few of his scripts that I really love. And uh, he's, he did a book called And Then Emily Was Gone that I was a big fan of. So I've been aware of him for a long time. And we've been buddies for a while, but we've never gotten to work together because most of my work is with Image Comics. Ah, um, and yeah. I really don't have a lot of free time. Um, but with this particular thing, uh, the editor of Ninja Turtles at IDW is Bobby Kernel, Yep. And I want to say like over a year ago. He reached out to me and said that they might do a spinoff series where creators can come on and tell one-shot stories or, or just shorter stories so you didn't have to commit to like a, a, a multi-issue run on the book and you could do different things on the side. And um, at that time, I have read the series, but I'm not – not all the offshoots. I think there's six or seven different micro-series now and yeah. 60-something issues, and I was not caught up. And I had a rough idea – and then me and John got together, and so when it when when you say it's it's the writer, I say that John is the writer. I just threw a bunch of shit at him, and then
1: he had to work <laughs> it. In.
2: He also had to he also had to read the whole series in like a few weeks. So <laughs> so so that's kind of how it uh, how uh, we got started working on it. Um, I had just been a fan of John for a long time, and uh, I thought- i also been a fan of Nick for a long time as well. Yeah, so.
1: Yeah, I was looking on your website, John, and uh I-, I did notice uh Nick's name did come up in some uh some reviews and stuff. So that was cool. That was cool to see that that history that you guys have almost from a distance, you know it's 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 really nice. Yeah. Serendipitous. <laughs> <made> been <laughs> buttering me up for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Uh, you know, you mentioned Bobby. That was actually my next question. Uh, what was it like working with Bobby? He's been on the show before. Uh, great ambassador for the Turtles franchise. There. I
2: my my personal experience with him is he's been really, uh, really good to me. Uh, whenever I've gotten to work with. Him, him. He's always... I mean, he reached out to me when I wasn't getting a lot of work. I had just done a little bit of work in Image, but it was getting kind of popular, the work I was doing. And I think Bobby was a fan of that stuff. So he reached out to me and offered me work on a few Ninja Turtle covers, which was very flattering for me at the time. Uh, As an editor, man, he's really level-headed, offers really good story tips when we were struggling, trying to figure out solutions for stuff. Um, I think he really... He's like a true editor in the sense that he definitely has some say in the story and can guide the story to better places. I think some editors I've worked with are are hands off or just make sure you get the stuff in. And, uh, he was pretty hands on, but hands on in a very good way in a way that like when we were, when we were having troubles making something click, he, he threw an opinion out and John had to make it work in the writing and I had to make it work in the art. And I think the story was better for it. So he is uh, I mean, he's a good editor for me. I really enjoyed my experience working with him
3: yeah I would have to echo that as well um obviously, most of the stuff I've done up till now has all been like create your own stuff or essentially been my own boss and and this now this was a new experience for me working with an editor who was representing the publisher and like, as an introduction to that world, I could have asked for a better person to do it than Bobby, who um, was really kind of good at kind of guiding me. And he gave me good information and kind of how to format scripts in a way that a publisher will find appealing and all sorts of stuff. And like Nick says, he was good at getting hands-on involved in the story, but he didn't take over or anything like that. He was really good at kind of, like, throwing out the ball and then letting you pick it up and do it in your own way.
1: Well, that's really cool. That's really cool to hear that. Um, yeah, he... He just he, he seems like he's very good at his job. I mean, just as as a reader, uh you, you know, you can tell that 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 a whole series is in good hands. And obviously, he's you know, I think he's listening to you guys talk. It it sounds like it's very similar to what he what he does with with Kevin and Tom, you know, when they're when they're working on the main series too. So, um Yeah. It, it, it's it's guys,
2: It's it's a really a, I know a lot of people love the IDW uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle universe and so much people don't realize how much power an editor has because if a different person draws a story a different person writes a story like it all changes and so what an editor is his most powerful thing he's doing he's curating talent and and also story suggestions and stuff too and keeping things in line with whatever the facts have been built up in the universe but really that the way he's curating the line is the most important thing. So if you like the IDW universe, you really got to tip your hat probably to Bobby first um, because he's the one that's, orchestrating it all you know From the for
3: me to... i think the analogy is a lot like um a writer's room in a tv series where especially when you have a franchise book like turtles with lots of offshoots to all kind of feed into this one big brand which has been running for years and through several creative teams it feels like like the writers and the artists and the colorists are all like part of like the writing staff in a tv show but a writing staff all have that one showrunner who maybe doesn't necessarily script each individual episode but he's always there and overseeing the general tone in the course of the whole thing and that's very much what feels like Bobby's role is and things.
1: Yeah, he's he's driving the boat. <laughs> uh, he's he's. I think he's definitely uh, pointing in the right direction. Um, yeah. So you mentioned it. This is a, a Mikey centric issue. I even wrote. That's so funny. In my notes, I even wrote episode. Um, <laughs> uh, a Mikey centric.
3: The funny right? That I was at a signing yesterday, and this little kid came up to buy the book. And he was, I was like, what's your name? And he was like, Ben. And he said, what? And I just said, I was trying to make a conversation, said, what's your favorite turtle? <laughs> and then, like, it was a little pause, and he's like, Michelangelo. And I was like, thank God. I was like, you're a
1: disappointed kid, sorry. I was
3: like, you're in luck, kid. Michelangelo's the only turtle in this
1: book. <laughs> that's true, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess there's the, the uh, you know, no spoilers, but there's some, I guess, little flashbacks, but... Uh, um, so any specific reason for a Mikey centric episode, look at that episode issue. Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> well, for me, uh, I think, uh, I, my favorite turtle as a kid was Michelangelo. When ah. I was in fourth grade. I, uh, begged my mom for a Ninja Turtle toy for my birthday. And I said, that's all I want. Just make sure you get that. And then she literally only got me that toy, which I was happy to get, but I was like, have, I had like a Chuck Norris toy at the time and I had to, like have them do fight.
1: Um, oh no, yeah,
2: because I didn't really have a, I didn't really have a bad guy to fight, uh, you know, Michelangelo with. But anyway, so I always liked him, and I I don't know. I think John read up, and there was a break in the story where a while back in the IDW verse, Michelangelo was on his own anyway. Yeah, and so John was able to work it in, but he was already so by this time we started working on it. But he was already back by the time our issue came out, so Bobby had to come in and be like, you know, we had to shuffle a few things. He had to go be getting pizza or something. Uh, I forget how John worked it out uh, from it was there.
3: quite interesting because, like, when we started working on it we're scripting it, this was at the time when Mikey was still alone in the sewers. And we had the whole idea that it was going to be, like, Mikey was kind of living by himself in the sewers when he encountered Worm. And through the process of fighting Worm, we started to realize the value of the family that he'd been split up with and things, and it had all yeah. these kind of elements to it, which we were quite pleased about. And Bobby was like, this is really good, but I th- in three months, like, you know, <laughs>
1: Mikey's gonna the tunnels, so he can't do that ah uh, yeah that's it's very true now it, it, thinking back like yeah that's that <laughs> i can see where that all kind of fell into place there um uh yeah, it's, I think it's it was from
3: a character perspective because especially in the comic series, Mikey feels very much like the youngest turtle. He has that almost childlike kind of innocent quality yeah. to him. So I think he felt like he was the person who was most likely to be afraid by the monster in the dark out of all the four turtles.
1: Ah, oh, that's a good... Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see that how... um, Because it is true, you know... my. Mikey is, I guess he's more the idealistic too because he's younger and, um, uh, naive maybe to the, you know, maybe all the things that are going on around him, but, uh, he, he's still very idealistic. So, uh, you know, even from, uh, just earlier, um, gosh, I think that was issue four where him and Raph are talking and, um, you know, he's, he's trying to, you know, just talk to them about, uh. Uh, you know why? Why are we doing this? Why are we fighting these fights? You know, and everything like that. So, yeah, that's 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 interesting. That's very interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, I wanted to talk about some of the other characters in this uh, issue. Where did the idea of utilizing the character Worm come from? Because Worm has a history with the turtles, uh, obviously. But how did how did you guys come up with using this character.
3: I think well, you spearheaded that, didn't you? I think it was like you were the first German idea of using warm.
2: Well, I went. We knew the story was going to happen down in the sewer, I guess, and I kind of liked the idea, the idea of that. When my, with my own personal art, I usually use a style called clean line style, where I don't spot a lot of shadows. But with this, since it wasn't my main work, I wanted to try to use heavy shadows. And since, whenever we started planning out the issue i wrote down some things i would like it to be so if i knew it was going to be a one-shot i wanted to be relatively important and i would love to i would i wrote either i'd love to introduce a a new character into the line well like from from back in the day and and i I wanted to maybe work in shadows down in the sewer um and there was just a few guidelines i wanted to do and so we had to find a bad guy that was sewer based and there's only a handful that haven't been used that were still down there and worm fit the bill. And then we researched worm a lot and I really loved one, the toy design, which I think is reflected mm-hmm. in the original toy design, which is reflected in the, the, the new design that I did. I, I referenced that heavily, but made it my own. And then the other thing was um, I really, John is known in his create and his other writings to write horror stuff. Um, he's kind of a comic horror writers, not mainly, but some of his more popular stuff has been that way. So I thought this would be really cool if it was like a one-shot mini horror story, maybe. Uh, and with it being down in the sewer, and with it now being worms, worms' original Archie appearance in the Archie comics uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle line. I guess it's Turtles Adventures. Uh, he yep. shows up one time, and he's like super vicious, and he like has a suction thing, and he kills uh, one of the other bad guys, and like uh, he just—it's—it's it's a very jarring kid, like for a kid comic or a kid-friendly comic. It's a very jarring appearance, and so it sticks out in a lot of people's uh, mind as fans of that series. So I wanted our our issue to be kind of the same, like this kind of a darker, uh, overbearing, weird villain uh, to echo his appearance in Archie comics and the design-wise echo his original kind of goofy toy. So there's this weird balance in the comic where it's kind of goofy but kind of dark. I don't know if it the tone is consistent, because of that, but that's kind of the the general idea behind it. And I, I wrote down a few things that what turtles meant to me before we started when we were brainstorming, and I wrote, you know, they were in the sewers, they're brothers. Uh, they have a shell, they use their shell for protection, and then I was thinking about, you know, them hiding in their shell and stuff, and then there was a metaphor there about how the sewers acted like a shell for the turtles because they can hide, they can be protected. I thought it'd be really cool if a villain was in the sewers and was like You know, you think you're hiding, but you're not kind of like if you walk onto a turtle in real life and they they tuck their head in, but you can still see them. Yeah. What if what if a villain had that perspective? Like, oh, you think you're hidden down here, but I see you like that kind of thing. And then from there, I took that and kind of just shoved it to John and John, you know, wrote the story around it. So really, I came up with some general stuff I wanted to play with. And John did all the writing, writing, you know. So.
3: And Nick said, "Did say that like you know he, he he presented this idea with me about like the idea of like the shell and the idea of like the yeah. sewers being like turtle shell and they're not as safe as they think." So I did a whole bunch of research, and that's how I of end up researching the whole shell rot thing. Yeah. The number one kill, one of the number one killers of turtles is shell rot, where it's like bacteria that grows within their shell, and that's what I started getting the idea of like worm being like the shell rot, the rot in the shell, like something that's kind of wormed its way in there, no pun intended, and it's kind of like breaking them down within the inside and corrupting things.
1: Uh, it's It works so well, I gotta tell you, and and for someone who's, whose wife is a biologist, I think she'd really appreciate the, the hard work and research to, to make sure it's it's authentic, <laughs> so uh and you did uh uh Nick you did point out a good point that i also had here is that uh your version of, of worm carries a giant mallet just like the original action figure from nineteen ninety one that's that's such a nice little detail um you know it, it even describes him as being a solitary creature which uh, is is the same here as well too so um uh, there's, a, there's a
2: weird thing with writing I realized uh that Uh, Sorry to cut you off, but there's this one weird thing with writing where you like you put all this work into something and then it might not ever like show up. So like even though, you know, Worm just says I'm the rot in the shell, you might not know that John researched shell rot. And I had this whole metaphor, you know, like it might just be when you're reading it, it doesn't come through. Uh, And as a as a person who usually just draws stuff, I'm, I'm never too worried about that. But like even the mallet thing, me and John were like, well, how would he have a big mallet?
3: Well, it's what is crazy it? how much we reverse-engineered that. Because starting <laughs> in the mallet, had the whole carnival
2: kind of like... Yeah. yeah so that, there's like there's a, a bunch of carnival stuff down Talk there. Talk about creepy. And, and the reason why <laughs> was not, not just because it was creepy, but that's the only time there's actually ever been a big mallet is when there's like that strong man. Oh, game. yes! Something. So that is why he actually has a mallet because it's down there. but, but you know, like, like that's kind of lost when you read it. And I even read it. And I did, I forgot we did you know, I didn't forget it, but I, there's no way a reader would pick that up. But we put all this, like, because like I said, we started it months and months and months ago. So we had a lot of time to kick around on the side. So like, there was a reason for everything, but I don't think everything reads that well. I don't know if it's a failure on my part or or it's just a limitation of you know doing it all in one story. but that's well, To be actually- honest,
3: I think, that you, I think don't sell yourself short. I have seen a lot of people picking up on all the all these things that are in there. And I think one of the things that I really appreciate about that carnival thing is that, as well as the mallet, if you look, all of Worm is just made up of carnival imagery. Like, in his eyes, he has... Um, one eye is like the little goldfish in the bag he gets a prize at the carnival. Uh-huh. And the other eye is... What's in the other eye again? Is it the I duck, thought, rubber Duck? one of those it, ducks that
2: you yeah. pick up and a yeah. number on. Yeah, so it's and all in, <laughs> like, carnival trash he's found and junk. A uh,
3: but his is a saw, and you can see like there's a prop saw thing that's going kind to of be dismantled in amongst the carnival
2: stuff. Yeah, 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 so like even his teeth is a it's a big saw, but that's actually the saw that a magician at a carnival or or at a fair would like saw a woman in half with, but now it's his teeth. So. There was like a lot of research done there, but wow. I don't think it's just weird how not everything um I've never been a writer to where i I'm like, oh man, my idea didn't come through because I, I could just draw everything, and so uh it's the first time I've looked at something I've worked on from a slight writer's perspective, and I'm like, you know that maybe that doesn't read like like we wanted to. I think it all is there and all comes through. But it doesn't necessarily bang and hit you in the face unless you really start looking at all the details.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. It might be something yeah. like, you know, when you watch a movie, the first time you watch it, you, you're watching it, you're enjoying it, you're enjoying the story. And maybe it's that second time you go through it where you, you start to pick up on all those Easter eggs. But uh, yeah. uh, I, I'm really glad that you're you're not only letting me know, but you're letting all the listeners know to, to keep an eye out for all of these little things because – I, I was I even in the backgrounds of, of uh uh you know the different shots especially you know his his lair um I'm looking for all the little bits and pieces in there so uh I it, it's really good job I just got to say really good job um it, it, it's awesome to hear that you guys you know took the time to really uh you know dot all the i's and cross all the t's even when the listeners don't always notice that there's t's and i's that need to be <laughs> crossed yeah. and dotted um, so Worm has some distinctive text in this, in this, uh, this version, right? Um, what, uh, so this is, I, I don't even know if there's an answer to this, but when creating the issue, did you guys imagine, um, a specific sound of him sounding like?
3: Um, I think it's interesting, like, cause obviously I had that kind of the long essays and stuff and... In terms of what his voice I maybe imagined a little bit of golem in there or maybe like a little bit like is it Ka the snake from the jungle book, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or like um or some some kind of like inhuman sounding thing like that, like some kind of hiss.
2: Yeah. Well right uh, I'd I imagine it echoing and I remember originally John was like, you know, maybe the letters all around or something, but I think, you know, you had to kind of put it in a word balloon at some point, <laughs> you know? So uh, I just remember, in my head, I always thought it just kind of echoed or because the the worms are kind of everywhere, you know? So when you when you when you
3: like see worm and you're trying to imagine him talk, you just have to imagine that every word that he says is not coming like from one set of lungs. It's like, like words coming from like a thousand worms in unison.
1: Oh, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, yeah, I like that. So, so I, I'm guessing something sort of like. Um, we can we still
0: can little, see little, you, <laughs> little <laughs> turtle.
1: I'm guessing something like that. That's that's the, yeah. the that's where I'm I'm kind of seeing it. So. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Um, uh, another another uh, new character you guys brought in, um, Officer Maureen Lynn uh do you guys have uh inspiration on this character
3: um i think it was just important to have a kind of outside character um to kind of like be involved and to be act as a kind of agent to kind of mobilize mikey and give him someone to talk to outside of um worm and originally, I think we'd, the plan had been originally to use Kara Lewis, um, but then we, like, realized that she was detective now, and she was probably, like, too senior to be kind of wading down in the sewers and ah. searches. So we kind of came up with this new character, We tried to strike the balance of not just having, like, everybody and their mother knowing that the two of the turtles exist now, so still trying to <laughs> kind of moderate it a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's and it's an interesting character design, I gotta say. It's, uh... Um, it, I guess probably a little different looking than any other uh turtles character we like you, you know you end up seeing that a lot of um uh you'll see characters that are kind of reminiscent of other characters at least the look and um and this this character I haven't seen a character like this uh in in turtles before yeah. so
2: after i drew after i drew it and look at the first pages with it i can only see a stewie from family guy i drew a head <laughs> yeah, it's like stewie with hair i don't know what the fuck i was, I don't know what I
1: was thinking of. oh well
2: it <laughs> looks kind of cute though but uh now that yeah. i see stewie with hair it's all i can see when i look at it
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um so, obviously, uh, no, you know, no spoilers or anything, but uh, I found the, uh, the details of, of Worm's biology to be both surprising and yet reminiscent. Um, I don't know if you guys remember um, from the 2003 animated series, there was a character uh, called Nano. He was a bad guy. Um, and it was supposed to be a bunch of nanobots that would all come together and make a new character um and that character would actually you know change and like you know they would try to hit it and like parts would fall off and they'd kind of recombine back together so um i don't know if if that was a uh, an influence or not or or if it's just serendipity but um
3: i can honestly say i've never seen the 2003 animated series it's like the 1980s cartoon series a bust on me i'm old school uh, <laughs> but sure. um but yeah, no, like I, I just love the idea of like something that could shift and like move around. They made them more formidable than just like another big tank because we've already had a few big tank characters
2: in the comic series. There's yeah, a, there's a few different versions of that type of character with that ability. in yes. Every every comic, like Sandman and Spider-Man sure. or Batman has like a clay face. Yeah. And they can. Yep. I like the idea of also if he ever shows up again like the reveal can be another writer can utilize him really well. Like, I, uh, I don't know if he's dead or not. And you know, no spoilers at the end of the thing. And maybe we don't even know, but like later on, he could be as close to humanoid form as possible. If he felt like it, you know, like, like some, it could be like a really good reveal after three issues of who's the bad guy down the line, you know?
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, it, or or, or, or
3: <laughs> some politician shows up, like,
2: in the next yeah, start yeah.
3: and he's unzipped in his human <laughs> suit and all these worms. Yeah,
2: yeah. The you know, and he's just full of worms or something. There's, like, some really good um, things you can do with a shape shifter like that. Uh, and that, that's what I was thinking about more than anything. I just looked at him like, like a Clayface-type character. Um, I, I did just Google the other the robot character, Nano, you were talking about. It looks pretty badass.
1: Yeah. Uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually uh, kind of grows up throughout the series. You know, it is it is one of those, you know, Monster of the Week, and then it's gone, and then it comes back, you know, a, a season later, and then it, it, they defeat it, and then it comes back a season later, and, you know, it's always changing. But it works, though, because it's, it's a bunch of Nanobots, and they can, you know, change how it looks. But... Uh, yeah, it was a fun character, and it even starts off as kind of childish because it's um, uh, it's it's like a kid at, at first. But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, you got you, um, you got to check out the uh, the 2003 animated series there, John. It's it's uh, you can watch them all on YouTube. They're all on there. Uh, it's, it's fantastic, fantastic series. Um, and also, uh, last uh, last thing with this issue specifically, I gotta say that was a very nice touch with the balloon popping. I'm not going to say anything else. But that was oh, yeah. a very nice touch with the balloon popping. I I thought it was just a nice a nice little uh I don't know. It just it wrapped it up so nicely. So Without
3: talking about um the specifics and later on and stuff. The balloon idea, I think it was Nick's idea. But I think it's just such a great visual touch cuz for me I, I I thought it's a bit like um the alligator in peter pan is ticking the clock like you know every time you see the balloon you know worms
1: near
2: <laughs> yeah yeah it was kind of that and it was easy to do because we had all the was there, there's so much carnival themed stuff down in the sewer that you know the balloons kind of work you know um and the and the whole end scene kind of needs something there too without giving anything away Um, So I thought it was just really ridiculous looking, you know, for like a single balloon to show up down the sewer kind of like it I guess everyone keeps saying that and I think maybe I subconsciously stole that but at the time I wasn't really thinking that Um, uh, but
3: um, 'Cause that's funny because I remember like the very first teaser image I shared of this book before I'd even even announced I was working on a Turtles comic, I shared in my Facebook picture, I think it was I know something is coming. And it was a picture of the sewers with the balloon and everyone was like, omg John's doing a net comic and I was <laughs> like, <"Well, I'm> not <laughs> Oh, that's
1: great. <laughs> well, uh so so speaking of uh of you know big big plans, I what 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 does the future hold for you guys? Uh any future collaboration together, any future TMNT team team work for you guys?
3: Well, I I had an absolute blast working with Nick on this and I know he's highly in demand, but of course any time there's an opportunity to work with I'll take it happily. Um but in terms of more turtle stuff again, like, you know, if the opportunity should arise I'd happily um come back and revive another terrifying old nineteen eighty <laughs> if I can.
2: Yeah, for me, I, I hopefully they'll still let me do covers on occasion. Uh, I do other work for IDW, and then my main work's at Image. I usually work with Jonathan Hickman. Uh, my my main book uh, was the Manhattan Projects there, and we're still working together, but uh, I can't say what I'm working on for another long, long time because it's all – got to get a lot of work done before I can announce anything. So uh, I'll do the occasional Ninja Turtle thing, and if it fits into my schedule, I would love if Bobby would have us back. That would be a blast. Um just kind of depends on – my schedule and what what uh what Bobby has in mind
1: down the line. So yeah, awesome. that
3: next contract that he's only allowed to work with writers. His
1: first name's John. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know those those bebop and rocksteady uh, destroy everything covers really uh, made a big splash. So, uh oh, yeah. a lot of that people a, really, a lot of people love those. So
2: that was a big pain, man. That was five covers connecting. It was a nightmare. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was, those are actually my favorite characters. Uh, before this started, I was like, "John, we're either going to do a Bebop and Rocksteady story, or we're going to do our own solo introduce a new character story." And uh, then, then they announced the Bebop and Rocksteady thing, so then I was like, "All right, we got to do a solo." Worm yeah, story I'm pretty much
3: the same before before like Bebop and Rocksteady right everything, and it was announced like my dream turtles gig was to do a Bebop and Rocksteady story. I was like, "Here's the pitch: raising Arizona, but with Bebop and Rocksteady." <laughs> Um, yeah mean, like you know, I
2: just, I like, yeah john actually wrote like three or four pitches and pitched me some ideas and that was one of them i forgot about that because like i said it was like almost like a year ago since we were kicking yeah. around
1: ideas on this so yeah wow um so um before we finish up uh we always do what we call the great turtle power podcast questionnaire uh and so we'll just go back and forth uh john and nick uh so to start with uh how and when did you become a tmnt fan
3: oh way back when i was a little kid three four years old like back when it was like i think some of the earliest action figures i got were um the old teenage mutant ninja turtles action figures like unlike nick i had all four of the turtles and shredder (laughs) um and i played with them a lot and i remember the cartoon series and obviously the film was one of the first like films that was huge for me that i watched constantly over and over again and i remember like seeing the third turtles movie the one where they went back in time to feudal japan or something that was that was one of the first films i remember seeing in the cinema as a little kid as well so yeah turtles were big for me when i was young
2: yeah my mine was i was the classic kid that was marketed to with that first cartoon I like love the first cartoon love Michelangelo party dude thing like I said I got the Michelangelo toy and I had a neighbor who had like all the toys and I was a big it's why I became a comic book artist what I tell everyone is I was a big uh action figure fan i would always play by myself and i feel like drawing is just me playing you know in my room playing by myself again but instead <laughs> the toys or I'm, I'm drawing the toys this time you know that's good. So so cool. i've never heard
3: you say that nick but i feel the same way about like writing i said but i started my writing but i came up with elaborate stories with my action figures or something in there <laughs> that's awesome yeah,
1: yeah. that's really cool that's really cool well i think we just uh i think nick, you answered the next question which is your favorite character so john what is your favorite character
3: um. When I was a kid, um, my favorite cat was Raphael. He was my favorite turtle. I uh, loved him. That's cor- um, that's the correct
1: answer, by the way. You, you got yeah. it. Right? <laughs> but obviously,
3: yeah. like, you know, <laughs> working on this and reading the IDW series, I've gained a new appreciation for Michelangelo, and I also love Bebop and Rocksteady as well.
0: Yeah, I,
2: my my favorite is my character. Favorite character overall is Bebop because of the design. Oh, um, I wow. collect A lot of commission from him. So I love I love Bebop, and actually, why Bobby got me to do the Bebop and Rocksteady uh, covers is I told him that if they ever do anything with Bebop and Rocksteady, because he asked me to do a Crane cover first. I'm like, I'll do it. But if you ever do Bebop and Rocksteady, you better let me do something with it. And so I told him that originally because I just love, I love him just as like a crazy bad guy. Um, but I will say this: to tip my hat to Raphael when he said "damn" in the movie, <laughs> uh, I liked him. He was like the coolest guy. <laughs>
1: yeah, this got real, real. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's that's uh, that that line is so simple, and yet it means so much. It just it hits you. It hits you right in the chest.
3: Come back here! I'm not finished with you. Damn. For me, the the, the, the scene with Raphael that always got me, and like when I saw it recently, that you watched the movie, it came rushing back. It's the same as him and Splinter, and they're in the dark, and they're sitting by the fire, and, oh, I yeah. him and Splinter's like, "I will always be your father," or whatever, and Raphael's oh, yeah. listening to that. Was again really moving to me. I remember.
0: My master Yoshi's first rule was: possess the right thinking. Only then can one receive. ...the gifts of strength, knowledge and peace. I have tried to channel your anger, Raphael. But more remains. Anger clouds the mind. Turned inward, it is an unconquerable enemy. You are unique among your brothers you choose to face this enemy alone but as you face it do not forget them and do not forget me i am here my son
1: uh shed a tear man absolutely absolutely well uh let's see uh Let's see, John, favorite incarnation of the TMNT, whether it's a a comic series, an animated series, or a movie, or... Your favorite incarnation. Uh,
3: This might seem like, you know, pure, like, beat moans or whatever because i'm biased but i genuinely think the current idw comic series is maybe the best version of the turtles i think they bring all of the different elements whether it be the movies or like the old comics or the cartoons they bring the most popular elements of all of them and kind of smash them all together and a a new version which feels kind of like relevant and modern and cool while also being funny and being true to the spirit of the original so i would say the idw comic series
2: my my favorite is the first movie uh just it's got all it's such a good adaptation of the first like two issues of the turtles original turtles comic mm-hmm. um and uh i think uh, like the new stuff i don't enjoy the new movie stuff because it's all cgi that director um if you ever i'm sure you guys watched the the documentary that came out two years ago
3: oh i talked about i loved it
2: yeah and uh talking about like his vision for it and getting that movie done uh i don't know i loved it as a kid it was magical for me and then seeing it as a creator or creative type now as an adult um and watching that it gives me a newfound appreciation for it so that was like and i can still watch it today and take it seriously you know Whereas some of the newer uh movie stuff i just kind of it's a little more corny to me or something i I don't connect with it. i think because it's not it's because it's probably too much cgi now these days but anyway so i'm an old person i like the
1: first uh the first movie (laughs) Well, I, I think both of you guys are definitely in the majority there. Um, yeah, obviously that, that 1990 movie, uh, holds a very special place in, in every turtle fan's heart. And, um, uh, I don't think it's, it's being a, uh, a biased answer at all. This, this IDW series has been absolutely fantastic. Um, and now that we're expanding into the universe, uh, it's, it's, it just keeps getting better. So, um, uh, the, the, both both fantastic answers. Um let's see. Uh here's the, this one's maybe a little tougher. Most underappreciated aspect of the TMNT. Most underappreciated.
2: Hmm. I'll let John, John you can go with
3: that. Um I think maybe one of the more underappreciated aspects of it, and it's shone through to varying degrees in the cartoons, in the comics, in the movies, is it's actually quite a sad story in a lot of ways um where it's like um it's this kind of family um of like it's like four turtles and a rat which should be ridiculous but um they're a family for each other because they don't have anybody else and then like gradually like they kind of add to that family like whether it's like casey or it's um april and it's all about like you know it's like idea of family and like the idea like that the outside world is kind of indifferent or outright hostile and like you have to kind of come together with those that you love you know because they'll accept you for who you are whether you're kind of strange or weird or a giant talking turtle uh
2: for me i just think what i love about the turtles that i don't i I guess Mm -hmm. everyone gets it though so this isn't like a new thing but i love the idea of two guys that sit around and just create it. Like something as a joke, you know. And now it just created this—it created this universe that is gonna last because it's already. It's like if, if I had kids. I'm 34 now, but if I had a kid, he'd be 10 or like my nephews are 10. They love Ninja Turtles too. So you're talking 30 years ago. These two guys sat around and were like a ninja, a Ninja Turtle. Put a put some nunchucks in his hand, and they created this incredibly rich universe. Uh, but to think that it was just a silly idea that created something that generations of people now love. You know, I think that's a a cool thing. I I know that that you know, but I don't know if like my nephews know that. You know, they they see this marketed machine that is the Turtles now. Sure. But the fact that it came from like two people that were just trying to one wanted to draw or wanted to make a comic book is uh, just super cool. So it's all it's almost mind blowing. And now like you know they got you know different turtle message boards and people fall on every bit of canon and everything and. You know, which because they love the turtles that much, and they care that much, and even us working on it, you know, we had some passion from when we were kids. We wanted to bring to it. Um, It just blows my mind that it was just two people sitting down, and just like just being creative together in a in a in a living room together, and they created this universe, essentially the seeds of this universe. And I I think that's the part that I wish every every kid that was twelve knew. You know, like, uh, but that's that would be my answer.
1: That's a good one. Uh, You know that because uh you know Kevin gets asked a lot you know did you guys know it was going to be this popular no of course they didn't know but like i don't even know if they were necessarily trying to do that they were just they're just lovers of comics and they just they kind of act, almost accidentally made this great uh like this great soup of of awesome comic book nerdiness all together and 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 came up with the ninja turtles and And it just works. It just works. I think
3: that's the key. I think that's why it's been so enduring, because it wasn't kind of self-conscious. That's why the Turtles has endured, and why, like, Baker, Maestro Mars, or Street Sharks, or the other things (laughs) trying to cash in on that audience, haven't. It's because the Turtles was just pure. It was earnest. It was pure. It was just pure creativity, and just, like, coming up with, like, this kind of thing out of thin air, just for the fun of doing it.
2: Well, I I also love, I mean, back to the creative type, and and to to show you that they thought it was probably just the throwaway idealist. That they were just spoofing on like Daredevil concepts, you know, like yeah. the stick and, and like that's really cool. Like most people who know of the turtles don't know that, you know, if you start saying the foot in the hand and the stick and splinter stick and, splinter, and splinter, yep. talk about you know, Daredevil getting hit, you know, and carrying turtles and stuff. So I think that uh I think that's a really cool kind of hidden gem that you can tell your average fan, but I think anyone listening to this podcast, you know, they know that. I don't think I don't think we're preaching anything to any of your listeners. Because I think the the people who love turtles really love them, you know. So they know yeah. they know them in and out. So,
1: in uh, you were you were mentioning you know about the family aspect of the TMNT. That's actually a pretty popular answer, I think, uh, because I think the turtle the 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 turtle fans understand that 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 it's not just you know four guys beating up you know four turtles beating up bad guys, right? It there there's a there's a deep like family connection there. And that, uh, you know, you get that when you, when you read the comics, you know, and, um, you know, the general public doesn't get that. Right. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's Pretty a, much that's...
2: about brotherhood and Splinter being their father. It's like, uh, it's very much family, you know, it's so much family. For yep.
1: sure. Um, uh, so last, uh, last of these, uh, questionnaire questions, I'll ask you guys the same one I asked Bobby. And what is the, uh, your favorite TMNT comic book issue or storyline?
3: Ooh. um, for me, um, like I don't know the, the names of the storylines, like off by heart or anything. Um, but I actually loved the story, and it was a kind of like weird one, but um, it it felt like in between like two of the big event storylines, and I can't remember the name. It's the name of a place. It's like when all the turtles kind of go off and they leave New York. Uh, Northampton. North northampton Hampton, that's yeah. it. and they're all just kind of like licking their wounds and kind of discovering each other and learning it's a really quiet low key arc but the character work in that is all just so on point i really love yeah. that
1: especially the idw version when they when they did their their version of the northampton where you got to really yeah. see that mikey is the heart of that family that he he is yeah, that's that, that's the that thing you yeah. know just
3: in terms of how well done.
1: yep what about um, you Nick? i
2: guess I think I, you know, I recently bought the, uh, the, the new, or that's no, not new. They did it like four or five years ago, the collected edition of the old stuff. And, uh, I kind of liked that first one. I, I'd never read it as a kid. Um, uh, but seeing all the elements that were in the movie, uh, and knowing that I'm just a creator at heart, knowing that this is what these guys sat around and created. Uh, I, I kind of like that first, you know, basically the first movie story arc of the first two with shredder and the turtles. I kind of dig that. And I'll, I, I kind of like that Archie Worm one now because it's so weird. Uh, if ever, <laughs> I think it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures number 11 or 12. I forget which one it was, but he just it, – it's really – that's really a, a silly series. But I kind of like how gross – you know, the, the – what's-his-face, the cockroach characters in that too.
1: Um, um, there's – let's see. There's, uh, there's Muckman and Joe Eyeball. There's um, – oh. There's um. –
2: and this has got like the little the literal cockroach guy. He was like the. I know, I
3: know who you guy. mean. I can't remember his name offhand. I like
2: worm, worm sucks his guts out, and that kid's comic. That's insane to me. So, anyways, I, I like, I kind of like that. It's kind of insane, but anyway. So, I like, uh, I like, I kind of like the original one. It would be my answer, probably. My favorite. Uh, this is the first issue. I dig that one the most.
1: Yeah, I've um, I'm, I you and you and you and I my are the same. Work? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. My-
2: I kind of gravitate towards artists and i gotta say santa Luca's awesome i love sophie campbell's stuff there's a lot of really good artists on the new run uh that i really enjoy uh, yeah so.
3: santa Luca is like you know i really discovered him and came to appreciate him through his turtle stuff and he is like one of the best artists working today and his stuff and turtles has been stunning yeah,
1: oh yeah good. oh yeah absolutely uh scumbug that's the one we were thinking of was I, scumbug yes.
3: I, was, I was thinking shock because i knew it was like some kind of fun <laughs> on like you know uh,
1: no, you're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Santa Logo, he's, he's, that's one talented dude right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, you and I, uh, Nick, are the same age. I'm also 34. And so I also did not, that the, the Mirage series was not my initial uh, experience to the Turtles either. And it was later on in my life that I got to really dig into those copies, you know, d- dig into those those issues and, um, and, and really make that kind of overall big picture connection to, to the original turtle. So, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, let's see, uh, where can people get in touch with you guys? Uh, I, I assume a lot of our listeners are going to want to, uh, say hi and, uh, and everything, and maybe ask you questions about the, uh, the issue. So, um, is there, uh, somewhere online that, where people can get a hold of you?
3: Yeah, um, you can get me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at John Lees 927 um, Or you can find my website, which is johnleescomics.com, and I've got a mailing list there. You can always contact me through that. Um, or you can also check out my new comic, Sync. Um, in the, You can go to sync.comicstribe.com and sign up to that, and you'll get sent a free copy of that. And I send out regular updates through that as well. So lots of ways to get in touch with me if you
2: want. Uh, for me, it's just Nick Patera, my name at on Twitter at Nick Patera, or you can frame me on Facebook, uh, Nick Patera also. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, and we'll, we'll put links to all that in the uh, show notes as well for everybody. Uh, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for, for reaching out and coming onto the show um uh you know ne- next time we'll uh we talk to kevin we'll put in a, a good word for you guys <laughs> <'Cause>, uh... <laughs> thank
3: you thank you so much for yeah, yeah
2: thanks for uh the thoughtful interview and uh the great questions and everything i really appreciate your time and having us on
1: oh my pleasure and everyone out there make sure you go pick up a copy of uh, this fantastic issue I almost said, I, I almost said episode one more time. Oh my God. that, sure? You
3: did it. Congratulations. <laughs> you got it.
1: Um, uh, yeah. no uh, do you guys care? I, see, I, I kind of go back and forth digital hard copy. Do you guys, are you guys a uh, digital hard copy guys either way? Can you hear us? Yeah. Oh, there yeah, you are. You. Yep. Okay, great. Oh yeah. I think we got a little lag there. No worries.
3: I was talking about new comics now. That was the last thing. <laughs>
1: no worries. No worries. Uh, yeah do you guys are uh do you guys do uh hard copies of copy uh, of uh, issues or are you guys uh digital or when you guys I'm read? A,
2: i go i buy a single issue and if I like it then I wait for the trade so that's what kind of i like ah, out of the okay I'm getting out. I work from home so like if I had a busier lifestyle where I actually had a day job instead of sitting in my house all day working i pro- i, I might go digital but for me it's a treat to get out of the house and go to the comic book shop and, and check out what's new and stuff. So I, I still enjoy the brick and mortar stores quite a bit, but digital, I have definitely picked up digital before uh, when, when the shop's out or whatever, I'm not opposed to digital uh, at all. So either way. Uh,
3: yeah. I, I'm kind of similar to Nick where like, um, obviously like I think digital has value and it was a good sale on comic or whatever. Yeah. I'll go through that um but for me there's no real substitute for print i mean i love going to my comic shop and for me i don't even have a pull list for me i love going and like browsing through the racks of like the new comic reviews, picking out my favorites and things i just love that whole experience and holding the book in your hand and like you know kind of filling the pages and stuff that for me is like, the physical product is such an aspect of it for me hey
2: john i'm the exact same way I, i've never had a pull list I, lo- I love going and just finding stuff you know or, oh this is out now or, you know what i mean like and it always a, gives you the chance
3: to find something you didn't know would be
2: there if you're looking through the shelves. Yeah, 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 I think it would be a nightmare just to go. I know comic book stores don't like this. I wouldn't want to just go get the stack I pre ordered, you know? I like yeah. the browse. I like to spend like an hour in the shop. And they probably think I'm stealing stuff, you know? <laughs> like, no, like, I'm well. totally the same. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: awesome. Uh, well, guys, thank you again for coming on the show. And uh, we'll. uh. Uh hope to see you guys uh, in the, in the turtle multiverse once again. Cool.
2: Thank you very much.
1: You. All right, guys, we'll talk bye. to you later. Okay. Bye. Right, bye. Once again, thank you so much to Nick and John for coming on the show and sharing with us that uh, amazing experience to be able to join the TMNT comics universe. Song of the show this week is an oldie, but a goldie. This is Shell Shocked. <laughs> Over on OC Remix. Yes, you, you remember. You remember these these fat tracks. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is gonna be track four, Trail Dust and Turtle Wax. Arranged by Viking Guitar. And the source, of course, is Bury My Shell at Wounded Knee. Stage 7 background music from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time. Oh, love this. So for myself and darby and alex i know they couldn't be here this week we miss them but uh, they live on in our hearts forever and i'm sure they'll be back next episode with that we'll talk to you next time Hey, guys, make sure to check us out on our official website, www.turtlepowerpodcast.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at TMNT Podcast. You can follow me, Ryan, at Big Don Pat. Follow me, Alex, at A. Rodriguez 2005. Follow me, Darby, at Darby T. Patton. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Turtle Power Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com forward slash turtle power podcast
2: and also share your feedback with us via old-fashioned email turtlepowerpodcast podcast at gmail.com
1: subscribe and rate us on itunes and don't forget to subscribe and listen on stitcher